This is Overcoming Performance Christianity, the podcast that leads you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. If you're a longtime Christian, but something's missing in your relationship with God, then you might be caught up in performing for the Lord. Find out more as we dive into this episode of Overcoming Performance Christianity. I'm John Fugler, and I'm on the road from performance to relationship in my walk with God. I'm taking you with me, helping you gain freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. This podcast does that, as well as a devotional series I wrote called Your Life with God. Just to let you know a little bit about myself, I'm a longtime Christian media guy. Uh, I'm a husband, father, grandfather of nine. I'm also the CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7, where we lead you on a path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. And I ask you this question, as I do every week, are you ready to get to know Jesus? Are you ready? Paul said in Philippians 3.8, maybe you can recite this with me because I bring it up right at the beginning each time. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Oh, can't get past Philippians 3.8. I still get excited about that. And if you know me, uh, you know that I thought I understood what it meant to know Christ uh, at one time. I looked at it as a point in time on January 7th, 1973, just over 50 years ago, I came to know Christ. And I thought this, I thought, so now I know Christ. Let's move on to better things. And for the next four decades, I served Christ with my heart and soul. I thrived on doing things for Jesus. Be doers of the word, says James. So I did. I started ministries and projects. I served as an elder. I taught Bible studies, memorized scripture. I was an Awana leader. I led media ministries. I went on missions trips. And I I stepped into many other Christian service roles. And I developed a daily habit of Bible study and prayer. Uh, I received training in marriage and biblical financial management. Uh, Let me see. I also discipled other men. And then I dove into missions full time. And so there it is. That's, uh, that's my life history. But I missed the heart of relationship with God. I missed it. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. In fact, most of the time. And maybe you have too. Well, today in this episode, I want to encourage you. First with our topic, and it's knowing Christ brings our spirit to life. Knowing Christ brings our spirit to life. And then with our guest, who is a longtime Christian who might struggle with the same things you do, we'll find out, (laughs) because I'm going to ask her how she keeps her spiritual life fresh. Uh, She's been a Christian for decades, too, and I want to know, after all these years of having quiet times, how she can still have ones that are full of life. And after all these years of walking with Jesus, is the walk still rich and exciting? I, I think it is, because I've talked with her. Uh, And we're especially going to zero in on quiet times, though, because it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, quiet times are vital. And yet we often struggle with them, don't we? You know, sometimes they're dry, seasons of dryness. Uh, We get in a rut. Well, we're going to deal with that. So this this is an episode of encouragement for you, okay? And I've got something I'd like you to try if you haven't done it already. It's my spiritual self assessment. And you'll get an honest picture of how healthy your relationship with God is. Take three minutes, go through the assessment that answers some of the follow-up questions that should give you a good read on your spiritual health. 
Now, I put it together especially for believers who might be hit by performance Christianity. Discover the honest truth about your relationship with Christ. So go take it. It's free. Just go to my website, freshfaith247.com, or you can click the link in the show notes. Now, the show notes are a good place to go for uh, references of things I mention here on the podcast, uh, lots of links, lots of resources in there. So that's always a good place to go. If uh, you can find the podcast, well, you found it, but of course it's on my website. If you're not signed up for a podcast app, go ahead and do that so you can subscribe and receive the episodes each time automatically. Hey, uh, would you give me some slack here to share some things that might be old hat to you? Uh, We always like to hear something new, but I got to share this because it's on my heart. And you'll see why as I go along. So would you bear with me? Would you bear with me? I want to start with these words from Jesus where he says, Very truly I say to you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And you'll find that, of course, in John 3. You knew that, right? Can can you name the verses? (laughs) Okay, verses 5 through 7, that whole passage on being born again. And that's very special to me because that is the passage that Rock Royer, who led me to Christ, used, and it totally woke me up. My, My spirit came to life. For you, do you remember when you first came to know Jesus? The day when Christ became your Savior. Can you think back on that? Uh, You were given new life. One moment you were spiritually dead, and the next moment you were spiritually alive. Boom, instantly. The Holy Spirit came into you when you came to know Christ. You knew that, right? I mean, like I said, this is review, but stop and think about it. It's, It's pretty amazing. Don't don't think about it with your head, but think about it with your heart. Stop and really consider that. As Jesus says in that passage, the spirit gives birth to spirit. And man, claim that truth as your very own because you were born again. You knew that. Especially if you're one who came to Christ like I did suddenly and I was born again and, and, and came to life. Spirit gives birth to spirit. But maybe your story is a little bit different. You grew up in a Christian home. I'll talk about that in a, in a minute. But this whole concept of the spirit giving birth to spirit, of being born again, is really mysterious. And Jesus affirmed that in the next verse because, uh, yes, we're born again, spiritually alive, but it's hard for our minds to grasp that concept. And Jesus said this, he says, the wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So it is mysterious. We can't really figure it out. Um, You've got the spirit. I've got the spirit, but you can't easily explain how he works. And the more you know Jesus, the more clear this mystery will become, more and more. And maybe to you it is pretty clear. But stay with me here. Knowing Jesus is life-giving. And if you've been around long enough listening to my podcast, you know that I 
that that knowing Jesus is that the solution for getting out of the bondage of performance Christianity. But you know, we don't do it on our own. That's the beauty of it. God's Spirit, His Holy Spirit, lives inside us. Your spirit's been brought to life, but that's just the beginning of your born again experience. Think about it. How long you've been a Christian? Man, that that rebirth was just the start. And the deeper you engage with the Lord, the more you'll experience his life. Like a baby that comes into the world, it's the start of something special. And you might be listening to this podcast because as a born-again Christian, your spiritual life has taken a hit. And maybe many hits. And the spiritual adventure is no adventure at all. What started as an exciting encounter with God has gone dead or or it feels that way. You got the head knowledge. You know all about this born again thing. You know about the Holy Spirit, but it's just not real in your life. It's, you you just are experiencing just a tough time. You aren't experiencing that new life Jesus gave you on that day when you were born again. Think back on that. You have new life, but it seems empty. And your life in Christ, well, it may have begun several years ago. And you say to yourself, man, I should be more alive than ever, but I feel dead. I'm not growing. Where did that spiritual life go? I asked those questions myself. And the wind isn't blowing. <laughs> the mystery is gone. So let's go back. Can I take you back to your spiritual roots? Think about this. Recall that day that you repented and were born again. At that instant, you entered into an eternal relationship with Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. The Holy Spirit lit your dead spirit on fire and miraculously brought it to life. The Spirit gives birth to spirit. And as I said, claim that truth of Jesus. Claim it. It's true. Now, maybe you grew up in a Christian home. Jesus has been part of your life as far back as you can remember. You went to church, youth group, summer camp, and there's no date to pinpoint on your conversion. However, there's likely a day you decided to do business with Jesus. Hmm? Uh, Your parents' faith became your faith. Do you remember that turning point? Whether it was your conversion moment or it came earlier in life and and, and this is the, the, the rededication, but you know today, today, that you are born again. I can pinpoint the day and almost the time. That might not be the case with you. But whether you have my type of experience or your experience of growing up in a Christian home, but maybe something's missing now. No matter how you came to Christ, Satan's out to get you. To wipe out your faith. He wants to make you feel like a failure. He wants to make you believe that the Spirit of God doesn't live inside you. He wants to deceive you into thinking that you aren't born again. He wants to snuff out the fire. He can't do it because Jesus ignited it. But Satan can sure make you believe you're spiritually dead. And if you're in that season right now, the first thing you need to do is claim your birthright. You are born again in the Spirit. Christ is your Savior, and that's that. Go back and read the entire chapter of John 3 to see the full story of rebirth as Jesus explained it to a guy named Nicodemus. 
Build on that truth. And this is where the encouragement comes in that I wanted to share with you. Knowing Jesus is a Holy Spirit thing. You can't do all the right things, follow all the Christian rules, or even be biblically obedient and expect your relationship with Christ to come alive. Uh Uh-uh. The Holy Spirit must be at the core of your walk with Jesus. You can't do it on your own. It means you have to get out of the center. You might not even know you're planted there. We live in a get-it-done society, and it's spilled over into our spiritual lives. I started my walk with Christ that way personally, and I lived it out that way faithfully for decades. (laughs) Get it done. (laughs) And I'm done with that, okay? And there's no going back. I'm fed up with my performance-based Christianity, and I've been on the road to freedom. Are you fed up with it? Are, Are you... Are you? When you hear someone say that you can achieve anything you put your mind to, I want to tell you, reject that thought when it comes to your relationship with Christ. It is from the pit of hell. Satan wants to keep you struggling to achieve, going after, grinding away to try to please Jesus and yourself. And I guarantee you, you'll fail. There's a new way, which is really a very old way. And again, it goes back to John 3. Let the Holy Spirit bring you to life again. Let him ignite the fire, just like you did on day one of your spiritual rebirth. Knowing Jesus brought your spirit to life. Knowing Jesus keeps the fire alive. Knowing Jesus puts him on the pedestal. It puts him at the center of your life. Oh, just yearn to know him above all your other interests and activities. Man, put him number one. Let knowing Jesus consume you. And when that happens... With the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll grow from a baby to a mature man or woman of God. Even though your growth was stunted at some point, you can return to that vibrant, life-giving experience. I have experienced that. I have experienced that, and I want you to experience it as well. I don't know if at what stage you're at and where you are in your relationship with Christ. But I got to tell you, you were born again. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. You are a person who has life with a capital L. And I want to take a moment just to, I would just ask you to admit your sin of putting yourself at the center of your life. Okay? It really comes down to that. We put ourselves first, ourselves at the center. When we do the self-effort, even when we have lofty spiritual goals in mind, that's not right. And I would invite you to give the rightful owner, Jesus, his spot back at the center. And when you do that, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work his transformation in your life. Oh, we need that. And so as we... um as we move on, I, I want to stop and just ask you to pray. I'm going to lead out in a prayer. It's nothing magical, but it is something that I'm just going to do that. If it's something that is on your heart, you just pray with me, okay? Uh, Lord Jesus, I'm acting like a spiritually dead person. I put myself at the center of my life. I've tried to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you gave me your Holy Spirit on my day of rebirth. Thank you so much. And I repent for my sin of self-effort.
I step aside and release control of my life to you. Please do your supernatural work in me. I want to know you more and more and more. Please remind me every day to step aside and put you at the center. Thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing my spirit to life. Thank you for bringing me to life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you found that encouraging. And we're going to go further into encouraging here because our guest is going to share with us, I hope, about keeping it fresh. I'm, going to, I'm just going to drill her with questions, okay? Uh, she's a longtime Christian. She's a servant of the Lord. And like me, she's a podcaster, too. Her podcast is called Living a Legacy Life. I was a guest on that at the first of the year. Uh, but more than that, Sue Donaldson is a, a speaker. She's an author, Bible teacher, former missionary, and she's a wife and mother, too. And uh, we've known each other for many years because we went to the same church together in California for almost two decades. And I got to get to know her and, and see her walk the talk. And I'll tell you, as I think about Sue and I read all the things that she is and she's done, if the, there's ever a candidate to fall into por- performance Christianity, it's her. Sue, it's you. <laughs> because, Sue, you're a doer. You, you have the gift of hospitality, too. And that means you serve, serve, and serve. And I want to hear how you avoid the performance trap with God and how you keep your relationship fresh. So, Sue, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. It's good to see an old, old, old friend. I know. Here we are on <laughs> video. Our listeners can't see that. but And, uh, hey, Sue. Yes, you are quite. You're an accomplished author. Uh, if people go to your website, and we'll give a, a clue as to where it is as we go through the show, they'll see all the the resources you have there. But yeah, you um, long ago you were a missionary. Who'd you serve with? I served with Wycliffe Bible Translators at, okay. at two different times. Uh, the first time they, it was called the STA, short term assistant, and I went for. I was a high school teacher. And I thought, well, one way to serve God full time would be to be a high school teacher with the missionary organization. So I applied to Wycliffe and they had five openings around the world. And I, I taught school at the Escola Americana de Brasilia in Brasilia, Brazil for two years. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you said, your first stint? That, and then... Yeah. And then I joined full time as a career missionary and I went into administration because I stopped. I didn't want to grade papers anymore. English teacher, you know. <laughs> and uh, I went into the administration part of helping um, believers decide whether or not Wycliffe was the right path for them. So um, I learned to administer the Myers-Briggs type personality. And I did a lot of hospitality during that. And it was just a blast. Now, did and then you I know, got married. <laughs> and you got married too. Okay. And did you know that uh, you had the gift of hospitality then? Or is that when you discovered it? Oh, I think I discovered it. um around in my 20s because I moved to uh, you know when you get out of college you usually move towns to get a job and I did and a way to make friends for me was to invite people over because you just can't wait forever for them to invite you over Mm. and so that's really where it started but it, it started because I was raised with a hospitable mom okay and I know that not everybody was and so that's one thing I talk about when I speak on hospitality versus entertaining. So. Mm, okay. That sounds interesting. Um, so as you are, are have the gift of hospitality and how many people do you have over each month? 
just I know that's just the top of my head. It wasn't it wasn't planned here in the question, but I just popped in, so I thought I'd ask. Well, I was gonna have Cecily over this afternoon, but she has a cold. Oh and I'm God. having Josie Josie over on Wednesday after she gets off work. And um, you know, things like that. I try to do, you know, one, two, three things a week because and not when my husband's home because he's an introvert and he's too tired to entertain people when uh, so I, have to, I have to honor that, you know, so I'll have to warn him like in advance on Saturday in two weeks, we're having this couple over. So um, I can't, oh, how many times you just never know. I don't want to ever. I, one thing I have thought about, John, is that I don't want to fill up my calendar so much that I forget the non-believer. So I try to mix in the non-believer mm. with the, you know, someone I just met or, um, an old time Christian friend or someone who's a mentor to me. Like last week meeting with my mentor or having Lorraine Maxudian over who mentors me. But if I don't go out and ask her to come over, it just doesn't happen. Wow. So a big, a big, uh, I guess, plug for it or tip is that you got to put it on the calendar. And then, so, you know, at the beginning of this month, I thought, wow, this is a new year. I need to get these two women together who have been at my house. And they both have said to me, I really like that person. And they never get together. They go to different churches. So this Wednesday, oh, that's right. This Wednesday, I'm having a luncheon for three friends so that they can get to know each other better. So yeah, okay. I guess this is, a, this is a busy week. Well, when you have them over, just let them know this is this is the day the podcast releases your, okay. your interviews. You can send them right here. And tell okay. them, hey, I talked about you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. And you know what? Our homes are just one more stewarding thing that we give the Lord. And it doesn't have to be a big home. You know, I've... I've done hospitality in a jungle hut up on stilts mm. in Papua New Guinea. And uh, I've done uh, hus you know, hospitality in th this house under construction because, you know, we remodeled for 13 years. 13 so, years? Yeah. So we're still married. And wow. that's just a miracle. And um, <laughs> but it would get so cold because we didn't couldn't put on the heat because we only had paper for walls, you know, that. Tyvek paper. I have a whole retreat. That's like on being it. back out on the mission field, huh? Oh, totally. And so I put a. <laughs> it was um, no big deal for you. Well, I put a space <laughs> heater in the guest room, and then the guests sat on the bed, and we sat around in the chairs, or the kids were on the floor, and served dinner that way. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so funny. you're having people over, and you put people together. You're also an author, so you're probably doing a lot of writing. Now you're podcasting every week, and yeah. um. I was on your podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was great. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'll pay you later for that. Um, <laughs> so, but, and we'll have a link in the show notes, of course. Um, of but course. the, and so you got the podcast, your hospitality, your speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's you're my pretty, favorite. That's my favorite thing. The speaking. Yeah. Okay. You speak at, yeah. uh, women's retreats and, yeah, I, gatherings I've and... been doing it for a while. When I first started, I was terrified. But when I first started was 25 years ago. So I'm I'm not terrified anymore. I just asked the Lord to give me opportunities. I got a request today. I get to go out to Morro Bay and then Arkansas in April and uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania in March. So, wow. yeah, I have covering eight, the nation. Yeah. Eight California to Arkansas to Pennsylvania. Welcome to you, church. I have eight retreat series. I love retreats because then you get a chance to really get to know the women. Uh, or day conferences. And then I have 16 keynotes, but I know that's not what you want to talk about today, but yeah, that's what I love to do. No, but I really wanted, I'm glad you said that because I don't know about you listener, but as you hear this, you're going, wow, these things are stacking up. Here's, 
<laughs> all these things that Sue is doing. And as I said in the intro, uh, it is so easy to become a performer for God and, and let that relationship go. So I'm glad you set it up this way. I wanted to dig in and okay. talk about how you spend time with the Lord. That'll be one thing. Okay. This isn't a how-to podcast. Um, but more than that, do you struggle sometimes with that intimacy, that relationship with God because of all the doing that you're doing? <laughs> I think I've, you know, I'm 70 years old, John. So I've learned a few things along the way. Wow. That uh, if I don't spend time with God, and it doesn't have to be in the morning, but that just happens when I do it. If I don't spend time with the author of any gifts I may have, you know, which are questionable. Um, <laughs> if, if, if I don't, there's really, I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer. And that's one of the things when I speak, I always give the women an opportunity uh, on a Saturday morning, usually um, after I speak to go spend time with God, because uh, our busyness can become an idol. <clears throat> our performance, as you mentioned, can be what we learned where we we don't mean to because we know better, but our default is I must be a worthy person because I'm doing all these great things. Mm. But it's in your time, in my time, we're talking about myself here, my time with God every day that I he checks my spirit. If I'm disgruntled about something or I'm mad at my husband, I, yes, I still do after 35 years. 35 years? Yes, 35 years. <clears throat> It's hard to go to him. I have to make keep short accounts with God, and I have to keep short accounts with the people that I love or the people I may have hurt. I noticed and, the sweatshirt you're yeah. wearing. It says "Pray." Pray, yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's a great. It's kind of fun to wear it when you're out like grocery shopping. I thought, well, I hope I was nice to that retail clerk, you know. But um, but they kind of they look and then they look away and they kind of smile because they wonder if I'm going to come evangelize them. But it's actually just a good reminder for me. So well, if the, I spend, the Jesus if, one would then <clears throat> know that you're going to evangelize them. So I um, have one that actually says, "Heaven is my real home. I'm just here recruiting," and that really scares people. Oh, go the other direction. Um, so let me ask you then about um, the fact that you you do go to the Lord regularly. Um, you have a daily time with him. Um, it is How do you separate your service for God and your relationship with him? So when you go into a quiet time with the Lord, devotional time, Sometimes I'm sure it's easy to prepare for your next podcast or your next message or something like that. How do you make it a relationship time? How do I make my quiet time a relationship time? Yeah, yeah. As opposed well, to a I, preparation time for your next. Uh, oh, uh, they're totally separate. Uh, like right now, right before we got online or whatever we're doing on Zoom, I've been working. I'm reading a book by a podcaster, uh, by an author that I am interviewing tomorrow. That's prep work. That's mm -hmm. part of my service. My quiet time is separate. That sets me up for any kind of service, whether it's making a cake for my neighbor. I took some cake over to one neighbor, a pie over to another neighbor today because I'd made them for something else and I couldn't eat it all. So that's just walking <laughs> around the neighborhood, passing out calories, right? But they feel thought of, they feel seen because I've done that little thing. But um, <clears throat> my quiet time is separate in that... Um, you know, if we don't spend time asking God for help and, and reach out to him and in confession and repentance and thanksgiving and praise and seeking him for guidance, 
I mean, anything I've done the rest of the day doesn't mean a whole, oh, like a hill of beans, really. Mm-hmm. Where does the Lord have you these days in your quiet times? What, what's what's going uh, well, on? Um, what the way I do it is, my friend Gretchen Fleming. She lives on your side of the United States. She wrote an article once, which really meant a lot to me. She said um, that she needed to be reminded of uh, ways to thank God. And you know that famous book, Ann Voskamp's book, A Thousand Gifts. But instead of doing a thousand, she said, Sue, I <clears throat> actually, she said it in the in a right article, but we're friends. So we talked about it. Every day she starts her quiet time by listing what she's thankful for from just the day before, John. So it's not a thousand things. And some, so I have, I'm in my third journal. I just pick them up at Home Goods or TJ Maxx. And I just write yesterday's date. And sometimes I'll miss a few days, but I'll even take it like on a vacation because it's easy to slip a small notebook in my suitcase. <clears throat> Whereas the Bible I can read on my phone, you know, I don't have to carry this big old Bible with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, so I start by, by listing what happened the day before that I was so grateful for, because the scripture says we enter his presence and gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. So if we start with thanksgiving, even if we didn't get enough sleep and I have a headache and my coffee hasn't really taken effect yet, or I'm worried about uh, my children, or I'm... Um, sad that something else happened or I'm stressed but if you enter with thanksgiving you are I mean mm-hmm. we have God we always have something to be thankful for we have eternity we always have something to be thankful for I speak on that too and I can be really grumpy so if I start with thanksgiving just a listing really it's a listing and it goes then into prayer and sup- and asking prayer for other people and for myself but it starts with thanksgiving so that's the first thing I do and that may take just a couple minutes or it may be longer. Hmm. <clears throat> and now, right now, I'm going through Jesus Calling again because I asked um, uh, my daughters to give it to me for Christmas, the one that has the scripture written out. Because mm-hmm. the first original Jesus Calling just has the references. And when I look up references, then I get distracted on messages coming in or whatever. And so it's just great to have that. And then I'll take notes on it. And um, and then my uh, mentor, Lori Potratz gave me a book called Breathe. So I'm breathing in prayers and exhale, inhaling and exhaling based on scripture. So that's basically what I'm doing. Now, one thing when, my, when women's Bible study starts in February, I'll use my quiet time, the tail end of it to do my lesson. Hmm. So you're using tools to help keep oh, yeah. you focused and, and people, <laughs> you mentioned a, a mentor. And yeah. so imagine she just keeps you, uh, I don't I guess accountable or really, uh, you guys talk about your walks with the Lord and how fresh it oh, is yeah. and that kind of thing. Oh yeah. And also I've learned um, when I speak on this, John, I, I call it retreat in a basket because um, I heard from my sister-in-law years ago to keep your quiet time tools. Like we just mentioned in a ba- basket with a handle, because as a young mom with young children, they're always interrupting. Or if your husband's retired and walks in the door, it's like, look, this is my time and place. You don't want to be rude because if you go, hey, I'm trying to meet with God, that kind of ruins the whole thing, you know, your your time with the Lord. So if you can just pick it up and move to another room and lock the door, that's if you can, unless the babies are babies. Of course you can. <laughs> so in this basket, the number one, well, there's so many tools. Can I list what the tools are? Sure. Yeah, you're permitted to do that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't bring it with me. It's in the We're next fun together, folks. <laughs> We're yes. old friends. So we're just, thank you for coming in our conversation here. We're just, I'm learning all these things about you, Sue, because 
I didn't know yeah, yeah, a lot. Well, of we haven't talked for a while. Yeah. Um, you always need a pen that works. And the reason I say that is because if you go, oh my goodness, this pen is not working. You get up, you've forgotten already by the time you get to the kitchen, what God has just shown you in scripture. And then, <clears throat> and then when you're in the kitchen, you remember you have not defrosted the hamburger that you were planning on making sloppy joes for dinner that night. So you go out to the garage to get in the deep freeze to get the hamburger, right? But then you see the dog kennel and that bedding has not been washed in months. And so then you grab the bedding from the dog kennel, you go into the laundry room and you start the, the um, wash machine. And then you go back in the kitchen, you go, now, why did I come in the kitchen? Well, it was to get a pen that works, right? So you always have one or two, like a backup and then a Bible, whatever kind you like. I like, a, 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 I like the NLT, New Living. I love the message. Mm -hmm. But if I'm studying for something, then I use uh, an ESC or, or a New American Standard or something like that. Um, but there's another one. Oh, NIV. And so you need a Bible, a pen. This next thing might be the most important. Oh, besides, and then I have a gratitude journal that I just mentioned. And then I have a larger journal that I keep on keep in from year to year when something really significant that God is talking to me about, I'll put the date in this journal and I'll write it. Also, um, I this is what I was going to say was the most important thing. I keep a to-do list in there, and this is the reason. I am busy, like you mentioned, and I get distracted because I'm probably ADHD or whatever. But I think of something to do, like defrost a hamburger, or I, I need to text him, you know, and tell him what a great job he did on a sermon Sunday, or I need to write a thank you note to Katie because she had me for lunch those needs, those to-dos, I know that I'm going to forget them because I'm 70, right? And so if I pick up my to-do list and I write down what I'm going to do, guess what? That's my brain on paper. I can go back to what God was just trying to tell me about mm -hmm. my selfishness or my pride or an inspiration on a scripture that he wants me to share on social media. Hmm. That's practical. I, it's so, so that's, practical. That's how you handle distractions. It's pretty that's simple. You, yeah, it's so, simple. But it, to me, it is life-changing. And when I speak on it, I ask women, oh, I tell them that they have permission to stop at Michael's or Hobby Lobby on their way home from the retreat and buy a basket with a handle and then send me a picture of all the stuff they put in it. And it's really quite fun. Or if you're a guy, we could have a uh, quiet time in a backpack. In a backpack, exactly. Or you can <laughs> use a basket. You just probably don't want to go shopping for it. But maybe yeah, I'll just take it to work with me and... <laughs> But, you know, I have several things in mind. And one is, um, well, you might want to keep, I always have a cup of coffee. So you might want to keep a favorite mug. Uh, bookmarks are very handy to have because you get, one year I did um, my utmost first highest. I mean, I got that devotional by Oswald Chamber when I was in college. So in 1972, it says in the front of my copy, my sister gave it to me for Christmas. <clears throat> and it has been leather rebound because it's been to many mission fields, Right. And it has my kids colored in it. I mean, you know, I couldn't keep everything safe, but I have the same one. And I decided a couple of years ago that I would just do utmost because I, I go into these different books sporadically, but I decided I called it my year with Oswald. And so it was really great. And I also have it on my phone. So when we went on a cruise, I could still continue taking notes every day on whatever the Lord. And I, and I think, oh, this could be a book, but maybe not. It was just a my year with Oswald, yeah. So choose different ones. Now I want to stop here because we, we've got something for our listeners that you want to offer them along these lines. It's called Retreating with God. Yes. Uh, and this isn't a, a 300 page book, folks. It's something that you can 
uh, read and apply right away. Tell us more about it, Sue. Right. It's just some calls to action to keep short accounts, which to me means like if you've, you know that you, um, you feel judgmental towards a friend or you, or you and your husband are not uh, getting along that you, you work that out with God and with the person. You're not left off the hook just because you confess mm. it to God. But that's one of the three keeps a keep a habit that's keeping your time with God. And I can't remember the third one, but they're just lists. And so, yeah, I'm happy to offer that to anybody who's listening today. Okay. And if you go to uh, uh, the podcast uh, show notes, I'll have a link in there to be okay. able to get this from Sue. So just go to, if you're, well, you know where you're listening right now. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, click the show notes and there'll be a link in there for this uh, retreating with God. So it's just uh, a few pages long, is it? Yeah. So about three pages. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, now when we think about um, life. We think about things happen. Um, we get really busy. You get really busy and we lose our focus from, from that relationship because uh, we just almost crowd Jesus out. And our schedule begins to control us. And even if we're doing service for the Lord and obeying God, that can sometimes crowd out this, this time, not just the time, but the relationship. I don't want to put our relationship with God in a, in a box. Yes, it happens in quiet time, and then we go out from there. But no, relationship is all the time. So when you find yourself in that situation where the doing gets in the way of the being uh, with Jesus and having that relationship. Um, how do you handle that? And does it come up very often? I heard years ago, John, uh, a speaker say that ministry is spillage. So what that means to me is that I, I need to be so filled up with God that if I'm bumped, you know, figuratively mm. bumped during my day with, um, someone's hurt or they've hurt me that what spills out is Jesus. So I am pretty attuned to the fact that what's spilling out is not Jesus. And so I have to go back to him and it doesn't have to be in my quiet time. It can be in the car. I don't play music in, in the car anymore. Sorry. I know you're a radio broadcaster. My daughter asked well, me. Well, that's the end of this interview. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. We. <no. laughs> I said to her, she, my daughter goes, how come you're not playing music? I go, well, when you're not here, in my car, I'm thinking and I'm listening to God or I'm talking to him out loud. People just think I'm probably talking to someone on the phone, but I'm not. And so I, I, I get that. Cause I yeah. have done that too. I just, I just want it to be quiet. In fact, I'm going to take a podcast break because I can easily, you know, do that on the commute too. And you're right. Yeah. It's just that communion yeah. time or just clearing your head. So you're not just, you're not, it's not always input, input, input. Mm -hmm. But there's there's a cushion there. Yeah, I think <clears throat> definitely we're in what they call an information age, and there's so much available. Um, I was in a mastermind group this last year, which was excellent, but I quit for this coming year because I hadn't even acted on what I'd learned last year. Mm. And so for me, I was putting a boundary on how much information was coming in so that I could listen to the Lord on what I should do next. And I think... Uh, listening is never overrated it's really one of the biggest part of parts of hospitality is to listen it shows love and i need to do that to god i need to spend mm. enough quiet time that i'm not always doing the clamoring and the 
asking and even the praising that I'm listening. And that takes quiet. And for those of you listening who have small children, you think, well, that I can't do that until my kids are older. I mean, doing it at the sink. I mean, doing it in the car. Um, I just, I, I don't think it has to be a special time. But but I, I also like to say this, habits, we don't worship the habit, you know, because then it becomes legalism. I'm sure your listeners yep. know what I mean by that. Yep. But habits help us worship. Mm. Don't worship the habit, but habits help us worship. So the fact is, I can tell when I've missed a quiet time, not by the way I behave, but I'm just out of the habit. I'm, I'm it's like, I've, there's a misstep in the well, you miss Jesus. It's like you miss just that that time yeah. with him. It's like, man, I just get fed. You get fed. Yeah, you know, we are meant to feed on God and he is our bread alone. And mm. I don't mean we just live like in a monastery. We do need community. I speak on that too. But um, we need each other to remind, remind each other to meet with Jesus. Mm. And I had a friend who said, oh, well, I only do my quiet time when I'm doing my Bible study. I thought like she was getting ready to go to a Bible study. I said, well, that's not my quiet time. It's part of it. But your quiet time is being quiet before God and listening. Well, some nuggets I've gotten from our conversation here is one, enter with thanksgiving. Enter our time with the Lord with thanksgiving. And uh, that that's really key. Uh, that if, if you're looking for a starting place, when you, you sit down with the Lord and you're going, uh, where do I start? This helps yeah. get you centered. So I really like that. Um that to-do list to take care of distractions. We all have distractions. So that, right. that to-do list, something, just write it out, put it on the list and get it out of your head. And what you just said about listening, spending time listening to the Lord. And uh, then this final one that you just mentioned, habits help us worship. But habits help worship us worship. The, we don't worship the habit. Mm, that those, those are great, great just, pointers here. I just interviewed uh, Jen Michelle Pollock and or Jen Pollock Michelle. She wrote a book called A Habit of Faith. I highly recommend that. Forty mm. days, you know, start your habit with forty days, mm. and it was an excellent book. And um, I could share the podcast episode on that too. But that was very encouraging. And I'd like to uh, speaking of books, the books you have uh, out on hospitality. Say something special, 252 conversation starters. Now that's yeah. a good one. Um, a- for those of us who are introverts and we're wondering <laughs> how can I start a conversation? Uh, second one, hospitality 101 lessons from the ultimate host. Uh, third is come to my table, God's hospitality and yours. And the fourth one, table mentoring, a simple guide to coming alongside. And those are available on your website. Uh, welcomeheart.com. Is it? Yep. Okay. Yep welcomeheart.com. And of course, I'll have the link in the show notes as well. But uh, Sue, um, it's so good to have you on the show. And uh, as our listeners could could hear, you are a busy woman serving the Lord. And yet what you've, what you've shared with us help us to really get centered on Jesus. And uh, I, I can tell that that's what you do is an outflow of of who you are in Christ. So, um, well, it's almost a waste of time to do anything, but, you know, and, uh, that doesn't mean it looks like ministry necessary, not professional ministry. It's just, like I said before, um, that ministry is spillage so that you spend time being filled up so that your life counts mm. when you are doing something. And again, retreating with God is, uh, the free offer that Sue has for you. Very simple, um, uh, document four pages, I think, that will mm-hmm. help you in retreating with God. So uh, Sue, thank, thanks again for being with me. Thank you so much for asking. You have a great day. Take care. You too. 
if you want to be a vibrant, consistent believer in your walk of faith, and I want to help you, Fresh Faith 24-7 is open and ready for take it for a test drive. Yeah, a free trial that'll get you inside and experience all the great benefits. And I want to tell you about the Freedom Path training. I've mentioned it before, but I'll dig a little deeper here. Inside Fresh Faith 24-7, it's truly focused on those who are struggling with performance Christianity. And if that's you, then I created it for you. It's a complete video training, including a playbook you can download so you can follow along, you can take notes. Yeah, take notes. If you want to change, let's get serious, okay? Uh, There's four modules, and the first three help you gain freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. And the fourth one, the fourth module is what I call the follow-through. There's seven video sessions in this module. This is where you learn to make knowing Christ a way of life. How to avoid the pitfalls that can send you backwards, like what I call the Ephesians trap, and we discussed that in that module. Uh, you'll learn how to establish practices that'll grow your relationship with Christ and not slip back into performance. Man, that is so easy. I know that. It's a long haul, but a rewarding one. And If you've been a performer for years, it's going to be there nipping at your heels, so you need, you need to follow through, and that's what this module with seven sessions is all about, and that's just one part of the Freedom Path training series, the training series. And you can get started in it with your free trial in Fresh Faith 24-7. So go to freshfaith247.com slash free trial. I'll tell you, we've uh, uh, there's a lot of, in the show notes going to have quite a few references in there, quite a few links. You've heard all about them in, in this episode. So uh, some of mine, some from Sue, and we'll go ahead and... Uh, Put those in the show notes. Well, I hope you've been encouraged. I really do. I want to hear from you and let me know what you think. Let me know what God's teaching you, what he's doing in your life. If you're one who is going through this performance Christianity and you're seeing some victory, let me know. If you're having some tr- struggles, let me know. And uh, you can reach me at john at freshfaith247.com. We'll be back with you next time, okay? God bless you and may he give you victory as a born-again believer who possesses the Spirit of God and you are alive in Christ. Move forward in that knowledge this week.